You're listening to the LA Hoops Pod with Roman Vatesman and Jeff the Chiz Show Chizover. Normally in LA, we would only need a Lakers podcast, but the Clippers don't suck anymore, and that's why we're here. Talking Lakers and Clippers, a part of the Hoop Heads Pod Network. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of L.A. Hoops with Roman Vatesman and Jeff Chisiver. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, Knuck If You Buck, Hashtag Lakers, Blazing the Path, Spanning the Spurs, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, and Thunderous Applause. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, the Green Light podcast, and Bleachers and Boards. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Welcome, LA Hoop Spot, episode two, alongside Chiz, I'm Roman I'm stoked today because we have our first guest, Mike Bresnahan, is going to be on the show, Lakers insider, Laker legend. Uh, we're going to talk, we're going to have some would-you-rathers. I know everyone loves those. We'll tell you what we think of the Lakers and the Clippers, and the debut of a new segment we are calling You're a Joke. Chiz, episode two, how are you feeling? This is good. Uh, we thought we were maybe only do a couple of months. This is good. We're just a week later. My only issue, I realize, is the second episode, and we keep taping it early in the morning this is sunday we got red zone on but i don't like the morning i feel like i show up here for, it's just early it's just early first of all i know you've already gone on a 20 mile run with sherm but i feel like i if i came in the afternoon or evening i would hate you more you'd be, you'd be more hateable in the afternoon i think that'd be better for the show like i don't hate you right now here's the really the, really the biggest issue <laughs> Chiz has to leave in about 30 to 45 minutes because he's playing tennis with Maria Sharapova at the Manhattan Beach Country Club. And so he just wants to get this done as quickly as possible. Part of me wants to be like, dude, good one, Maria Sharapova. I'm not hitting with her, obviously. But then part of me is like, no, I'm hitting with her. You are playing tennis, though. I in 45 minutes. So you're yes. trying to get out of here as quickly as possible. Yeah, well, we're, we, get, we got the get, yeah. It's not Sharapova. Let's go. <laughs> What's right. our first topic? Let's, well, first of all, I want to talk about the over-under on listeners. We both guessed last time how many listeners we'd have for episode one. Yes. You guessed 32. I said 50. The total was 124. So thank you, everyone who listened. We appreciate the support. Other thing I want to say is in our first episode, we teased four things that we're going to get to. We only got the two of them because we're idiots and we forgot two of the things. So we never got to your word of the day. We never talked about the Lakers-Clippers rivalry. I don't want to do word of the day. I'm done with that. We haven't even done it, but I'm killing it. (laughs) I I, I think we should change it. I have a better idea. You ready? Instead of word of the day, it's, uh, it's the pet peeve of the day. Okay. Okay. I have a quick one to start before we get into it. Sorry, we're wasting. Because I, I was listening to our first episode. Not bad, Roman. You did all right. I carried the show, but it wasn't bad on your part. But here's the. Uh, how do you? Let's say I pass you the ball, you catch it and dunk it. What do you call that? An alley oop. Exactly. It's not. An, it's not an ollie oop. That, that's a. It's not a. It's not a skateboard trick. It's an alley oop. Yeah. Yeah. You just said ollie oop. No, I said alley oop. Oh my god, bro. Are you serious? I didn't say Ollie. Hey, you said Ali when I just cra- whatever. That's my peppy of the day. We can do one later, but you you said it wrong. Trust me. 
All right. Let's get into Would You Rather. All right, I hate you already. Uh, why does Maria even play with you? Why does she play tennis with you? Go, oh, would you rather? It. This is a good time right. from last time. So l- last time uh, w- we did the would you rather sit 10th row at a Laker game or courtside at a Clipper game. Uh, I think I picked Clipper game. Courtside, courtside. I did too. Yeah. I did too. Yeah. Okay. So here's kind of a follow-up on that. Let me start it off by saying, which former Laker would you want to sit next to courtside at a game? Which former Laker? I'll, I'll go uh, Pau Gasol. Pau Gasol. Okay. And then who's your celebrity crush? Uh, um, my celebrity crush, also a Laker fan, you see her at games, is Selma Hayek. Oof. Ooh, okay. Selma yeah. Hayek. Yeah. Wow. She, how old is she now? Don't worry about it. Okay. I know you like him older. All right. Eat, so dude, here's, the, easy, here's, the, here's the would you rather. Would you rather sit next to Pau Gasol or Salma Hayek at okay. a Laker game. So now we're sitting courtside, and yep. now the question is, who do we want to sit who, next to? Who do we want? Yep. Got it. That's good. Um, Pau is just the man, right? He'd be perfect. He's so nice. He's so kind. He'd probably be willing to talk basketball, don't you think? He'd like humor Absolutely. the fanboyness. He's just like a nice dude. Everyone would be coming up to uh, everybody coming up to him, talking. I feel like I'd be meeting a lot of cool people. I remember one time at work. I was uh, walking around with James Worthy uh, at Staples Center for like the first half, and it was like the coolest thing ever. Dude, it was just like everyone was coming up to him and saying, "What? Oh, this is, you know, I was meeting so many people." Um, it, I didn't mean it like it's some networking event. It was cool. You're next to a Hall of Famer. It's Big Game James. His freaking jersey's retired. I remember the what is it? The Chairman's Club. We didn't even need tickets. Went right in. Met Jeannie Bus. It's a great day. So, oof. So, pow. Or do I go with my celebrity crush, Selma? Come on, Jeff. Don't be an idiot. I mean, I immediately picture her in Desperado, Wild Wild West. She's ridiculous. But who am I kidding? It's not like I have a chance with her. Like it's, it's Either not way, like, no one's paying attention to you. It doesn't feel like... Hold on. Breaking news. <laughs> I just Googled her. She's 54. She's 20 years older than me. I'm calling an audible. She has a billionaire husband, and his first name is Francois. He's worth $14 billion. So she's she's married. She got stepkids. So no more. It's just not realistic. I should have chose someone like like Margot Robbie. Okay. Maria Sharapova maybe. Uh, or like, I don't know. Someone, someone like, you think you have a chance with. Like, but like you really like don't. Like Olympic Brazilian beach volleyball baller or something. Maybe I, this kind maybe of this went this went off the rails. But it's really good. It's like your Laker legend versus the crush. I'm just going to. Because we need to move on. I got to come to my senses. I'm going to choose Pau Gasol as my plus one for the courtside seats. I, I would fight the urge to bring some ridiculously gorgeous and successful woman that I have no realistic chance with. So, so you, we're going to, you go with that? Yeah. Move on. We're right, going so, with Pau. So you, yeah, Pau's a man. We'll see if we can set that up for you. Maybe Brez can set it up. So you need a, a would you rather. And because Roman's married, uh, we're not going to do the Laker legend versus female attraction crush. Doesn't make any sense. Shout out to Lucy. Roman's beautiful wife. She's awesome. Never in a bad mood. We love her. So yours is going to be more picking the lesser of two evils. Okay. She printed the rundown, by the way. <laughs> yeah, she printed your rundown. Roman, every morning, babe, can you print? If I screenshot it, will you? can you uh, hook up the printer? Okay. This is who you get to pick for. You're sitting courtside of the Laker game. You have to sit next to one of these two. You're either sitting next to Clipper Daryl or LeVar Ball. <laughs> okay. I, I like this Your one. boys. 
I think this is actually pretty easy for me. I would way rather sit next to LeVar Ball. First of all, we would get a chance to talk about how Lonzo's having great success with the Pelicans. LaMelo is play, is starting his rookie year with Charlotte. I mean, sitting next to Clipper Darrell would be a nightmare. Clipper Darrell was great when the Clippers were terrible. Okay, I used to go to Clipper games way back in the day. They were, when they were, they were 10 and 50 to start the season, and it was complete silence in there, and he would get up and clap and let's go Clippers. Yeah. Like it was funny, it was endearing. Okay, now that the Clippers are good, it's not endearing anymore. He's like, isn't he banned? Like I don't even. No, he 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 tried at one point. They were gonna like not give him free seats anymore. So then he said. He wanted to become uh, Laker Daryl, right? So he he already tried to jump off the Clippers bandwagon. So he's not even legit. He's so all about himself. So he's not legit. So it's like, what's, not that I what's, know the, what's the interest? And if you're sitting close up, like the the allure of the, the funny chance and starting the let's go Clippers, it, it, there's nothing fun about that. LeVar yeah. Ball would be pretty awesome to sit next to. They're both huge jokes. I'd rather sit with a, <laughs> I'd rather sit with Salma's husband, Francois. <laughs> Francois. <laughs> All right, let's get into some hoops talk. I know nobody wants to hear us talk about the Lakers. We're going to do it anyway. <laughs> Eight minutes in. All right, All right one, Lakers. One one thing you liked about the Lakers from the first couple of games. Okay, overall, I'm just really happy with the potential and how good like the ceiling looks. They have so many good players, and they seem so deep, right? They just, I don't know, they bring in their second unit, and they're just, they. it's almost like a good first unit in a way sometimes with Harrell, Schroeder. Uh, you know, LeBron or AD, one of them still on the floor. So they look so deep. They look so talented. But what I'm digging the most is that we all know Gasol starts with AD, but the Lakers are best when AD's at center. And I love the Lakers' multiple options at power forward with AD at the five spot. And those three players would be Montrezl Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, Markeith Morris. You could even play some of them together, which he's done. But between those guys... With Harrell, you got the rebounding, you got the physicality, you got the energy. With Kuzma and Morris, they can shoot the three. Uh, Kuzma's kind of turning in more of that slashing player, good energy, tip balls, hustle plays. So they're at their best when 80s at the five, and I love their options for the players that they play at the four alongside with them. You digging that? Uh, I'm into it. Mine's somewhat similar. My one thing I like is the new additions look good. I'm talking about Schroeder, 16 and 7, almost had a triple double in the, in the first two games. Trez, 19 and 9. And what I really like is one of the biggest concerns last year was who's going to be the third scorer, right? We thought it was going to be Kuz. He did it in some games, he didn't do it other games. I think it's very clear now that Dennis Schroeder is the third scorer. Like, yes. And, and really, Trez can be that as well off the bench, but. Mm-hmm. It's, there's no more question of who's the third guy. Right. I think the third score is clearly Schroeder, and that takes some pressure off of Kuz. So I really like what Schroeder and Trez have done. The other two additions, Gasol and Wes Matthews, first two games combined total of four points. Not great, but overall, the new additions look good. All right, give me your one concern so far after a couple of games. Okay, so I talked about the versatility for the lineup for the four and five. But one concern is they don't have that one obvious go-to lineup to finish games. It's definitely not going to be their starting lineup because Gasol what, and AD are what, never going to What do finish. you mean they don't have a go-to lineup? They have LeBron and AD. What else do you need for a go-to lineup to end games? What are you talking about? How many? Go-to lineup? Yeah, yeah go-to LeBron lineup to finish the games. Okay. 
It's not two on five. Yeah, you, you need their three players. All right. Are you okay? There's 30 teams. You're telling me that most of the 30 teams. Do you think the coaches don't have a kind of go-to lineup to finish the games? Of they, they have like of, a. Of course they do. But what matters, if you're the Blazers, what matters is that Lillard and McCollum are on the floor if, in the last 30 seconds. I mean, you can sub out other guys. I guess Nurkic is probably going to be there as well. But you can you can change out Covington. You can change out Derek Jones. Like. You can go with different lineups depending on the matchup. As long as you have LeBron and AD there, like, why are you concerned about the First closing lineup? Showing, stop showing off that you know all these like nobody names on these other teams. Yusuf Nurkic is a nobody <laughs> name. Robert Covington, Jones. I don't know. Do you, do you even like basketball? <laughs> you know what I'm saying. They don't. And maybe it's not a bad thing. I'm just saying that. You don't know if it's going to be KCP finishing games and he's like the shooting guard, or is it just going to be Schroeder and and LeBron, and then you have two of those fours like Kuzma, Morris, and AD. Whatever you ask me for a concern, this team they're they're championship contenders. They don't have any they don't have many you know issues with their lineup, but that's the one thing I, I don't think Vogel has decisions to make, and I think it might here here's it. I think it's going to take a while to get in the groove of what he wants. And I think there's going to be a lot of stupid fans in hindsight being like, oh, you should have like taken KCP out. Or like, why is he playing like Kuzma down the stretch? It's, I feel like there's going to be a lot of complaining and, you know, hindsight, second guessing. It's not, whatever. You go. What's your concern? First, you're a joke. We'll get to that second in a second. Yeah, you really, a you really are a joke. By the way, you're, you're it, like scratchy in my headphones. Stop like spitting and yelling into the mic. <laughs> I hate you so much. Uh, all right. My one concern... The defense, they give up uh, 116 and 115 points in the first two games, which is fine. You know, the, the Mavs game was a blowout anyway. But the length that the Lakers had last year when they had Dwight, JaVale, AD, LeBron, they were one of the longest teams in the whole league. This year, Marcus Gasol listed, I think, at 6'11". He's not super long. And I think that they don't have that same defensive length. You know, I wouldn't say, you know, Trez is only 6'7". You're probably going to, he's going to be part of your closing lineup. We don't have that same uh, <laughs> defensive length that could prevent teams from driving the ball in the lane. We still have AD, but like a guy like Jokic, for instance, who AD shuts down. If AD's on him, great. But if anyone else is on him then it's a problem. Before we had Dwight, you can put JaVale on him, but now it's like, okay, if you could put Trez on Jokic, Jokic is going to dominate Trez. So I don't think Trez well, is no. a great... It would be... If AD if AD's he's in, on the, the, if AD's AD's on the gonna, floor, he's going to guard Jokic. If he's not, it'll be Gasol. Sometime, but some, the point is, sometimes there's switches, right? right? right, right if right. AD and Dwight are in the game at the same time and there's a switch, Dwight can then still be on Jokic. When AD's the, the, the matchup then it's fine. But when other guys are guarding those big centers, Jokic, Embiid, maybe Carl Anthony Towns, it could be a problem. So I'm a little concerned about the lack of length compared to last year. Small concern. Losing Dwight is tough. I kind of agree with you, but I said it last time. The defense, I think, has a lot to do with the coach. I think Vogel's just made it a part of their identity. Remember, there's always saying, the first thing we do is defense. They had a championship run, and I think they know that defense led to the championship. So I think they're just experienced where they know they need to be locked in. The effort needs to be there. And I think Vogel will bring that, and they have enough good defensive players. I get it. The, yeah. the mentality is there. They're yeah. still going to be a good defensive team. They're just not quite as right. long, and I don't think they're going to be quite as good of a defensive team as they were uh, last year. All right, new segment, Chiz. You, you came up with this. It's called Your Joke. 
Here's how here's how it works. We each give an opinion, or what did you put on here? As the cool kids call it, a hot take. Yeah, you're, ser- you're seriously a joke. Something. And then the other <laughs> the other person responds with either you're a joke or you're tight. I mean, I can already see. I'm only going to be responding with you're a joke. So you have a quote unquote hot take. Am I going first? You're going first because this is your your segment, your idea. Dude, you're our idi- audio. You're, idi- you're an idiot. I feel like our audio is scratchy. Should we stop down and do a new one? Kidding. Already 10 minutes in. All right. Here's my take. It has to do with my love for Alex Caruso. And let me say this. I don't like Alex Caruso in the lame, cliche way where it's like, oh, it's this unassuming, bald, weird-looking white guy who, like, has some hops and dunks on people. (laughs) It's like, I love him because he's a great basketball player and he's a huge part of the defense. So here is my take. My take is Alex Caruso's defense is correctly categorized as elite. And because it's a Laker Clipper podcast, I can already tell you're going to hate this. I would rather have Alex Crusoe on my team than Patrick Beverly. Uh, you really thought that I was going to say you're tight after that? Like, was that possible? Chiz. Beverly, I bro. also like Alex Crusoe. Like, you're putting me in some position to say, like, Alex Crusoe is not a good player. He's a terrific player. But we're talking about elite defenders, okay? Yes. Patrick Beverly is three-time all-defensive first team. Or, sorry, all-defensive all team. One-time first team, two-time second team. Back in 2017, he was all-defensive first team. He single-handedly changes offenses because it's hard to bring the ball up against them. Guys are legit scared when he's guarding you. No one is scared of Alex Caruso, okay? No one, there's no, Alex Caruso's never been close to all-defensive first team, all-defensive scar- second team. No one's scared of Beverly. That was just Lonzo's People are, rookie year. Do, he, it's not just Lonzo. It's hard, It's legitimately hard to bring the ball def- up against He's a great him. defender. Here's the thing. He's a, he's a great defender, okay? No, no. He's an elite defender. Yeah, yeah. Caruso, <laughs> there's more. Caruso's a good defender. Patrick Beverly has actually been recognized as a three-time, not once, three-time all-defensive I feel team. like if Caruso, and he's not there yet because he's younger. He's only 26. If Caruso got the minutes Beverly did, and you even hear your boys on ESPN when they're calling, they're saying Caruso was like, like one of the biggest parts of our defense against Lillard, McCollum, Jamal Murray. Here, here's a great thing. He's 6'5". He can guard ones and twos. Beverly only really the point guard. Are you a believer in Beverly this? Beverly can definitely guard guys who are Are you a believer him. in that Beverly kind of, he's more, takes the defensive challenge one-on-one, but maybe Caruso's a better team defender. I feel like he gets his hands on a lot of balls. He's also picking up full court. He's getting kind of those cheap turnovers where he'll kind of hit it off someone in the backcourt. I feel like that. But dude, the key is this. Beverly is this, like, overachieving journeyman great story he's 32 he plays great defense he's a good role player Caruso's 26 he's not an overachieving journeyman he's not a journeyman yet yet. he's definitely overachiever that's why we like both of them look I just I hate Beverly's face he's so freaking annoying (laughs) that's part of the reason why I'm saying this I can't stand him but like so you're biased no I think Caruso he he, it's five and a half points two assists in 18 minutes Beverly eight points, three and a half sits in 30 minutes. I feel like Crusoe's numbers would be the same. You're talking about offensive numbers. Well, this is the reason why I'd rather have him on the team. It's not just that his defense is better. I'm just saying also when you take into account the money, Crusoe's on a two-year, five million deal. What's his name? Beverly, three-year, 40. I'm just saying Crusoe's getting better. Beverly, you already know what you're going to get. And honestly, like, I think a lot of it, I think the whole thing about acting fake tough is kind of true. He's one of those players you'd love to have on your team and you hate to play against him. I don't think Beverly's fake tough. 
What? I don't. I don't think Beverly's fake tough. He, I think he prides real, himself on being tough. annoying and complaining a lot. A, a lot of fouls. I feel sometimes the refs hate him. I don't know. I just think it's a lot of. Nope. What's the term? A lot uh, of what? Like bark, no bite. I don't know. Other, He's all right. Three year forty. I think Cruz is going to get better. And I think in three four years we have this conversation. You might be like, oh damn. I think Crusoe's going to try to be a better player. Whatever. Other, other players, I get it, it's a stretch. I don't care about the refs. Other players hate Beverly because it's hard to play against. Agreed. Uh, well, all right. Well, I'll, I'll do my take here. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I truly believe this. Every NBA season should be 72 games and start around Christmas just like this year. So you're just, like, digging what's happening this year. I am obviously with it. I want fans to be there, but I like the idea of less games because we already see players resting, and this is essentially gives every player ten games less. Plus, I think the main thing here is we're in week sixteen of the NFL, and the, and the NBA season just started. Yeah. So most people are already out of their fantasy playoffs, like you are. You're long gone out of fantasy playoffs. Oh, you got your so you big could, third place game today for I like twenty bucks. Place. But the the point the point is it's more than twenty bucks. The point is. Are you sharing? Are you sharing with Gator? So you got to split it in half. People are people are less likely to be focused on the NFL at this point. There's just less NFL yeah. games. Playoffs are coming. There's not going to be any more Monday game. There's not going to be a Thursday game. So yeah. the NBA gets much more of your focus. So I just think it's a great idea. I get the idea that the NBA would lose a good yeah, amount of money having money. ten games less. But maybe you'll get better ratings for those games. Every game is more important. The playoff races will be tighter. I'm I'm in for that. I mean, I don't hate the thought and the idea, so I can't say you're a joke, but it's nothing special or revolutionary, so it's hard to say that you're tight, too. <laughs> so, but, so you agree, but you're not going to say I mean, tight. no, it's interesting. Like, when you think about baseball, 162 games, it's way too many. Way you want to shorten it. Base, basketball's in half, what, it's 82. So... I do agree that 70 games is enough, right? And once you have enough, that's enough for me. It's enough for it to feel like a grind. There's ups and downs, and you got to get playoff positioning. But for me, I'm just down for more overlap with football. I love those Sundays where you just do nothing, watch football, and then they, the Lakers tip at 6.30 in the Sunday whites. It's so money. So because I'm just a homer and I want to see more games, I'm down for more. But I don't disagree. I, I'm, I'm in for all sports these days to be quicker, easily digestible. So I'm down. I'm okay with less games, but I'm not really rooting for it. So um, next time we do this segment, come up with something like, I don't know, something that something well, better. <laughs> here's, the one, here's the one I had originally, but I, I vetoed myself. I was going to say that I would rather have Kawhi in the clutch in the last second of a game, last five seconds of a game, compared to LeBron. And then I went and looked at stats to, to support my opinion. And unfortunately, LeBron has amazing stats in clutch situations. So I could not support the Kawhi Got over it. So you didn't LeBron have anything. Argue. Yeah. I mean, it's not crazy. I, I, Listen, he's, a, he's a better shooter. Oh, Kawhi. Yeah, but the effective field goal percentage. No. Overall, LeBron has the better effective field goal percentage. So <laughs> the effective field goal percentage. Yeah, How many inclu- listeners? that includes like three pointers, for instance. Yeah, right. I, you don't know anything about next level stats, Chiz. All right, are you ready to welcome in our first guest? Hey, hoop heads! We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. 
Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. All right, Chiz. We now welcome in a guy who has covered the Lakers before you and I were born. The mayor of Manhattan Beach, even though he lives in Hermosa, and a guy who gives advice to the Zen master, Mike Bresnahan. Bres, how are you? Uh, good, and thank you for getting my age correct. I am now 87 years old. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, that's not really true. How long have you been covering the Lakers, actually? This will be my 17th year. Yeah, 17 years. 12 at the LA Times and 5 at Spectrum Sportsnet. It has gone quickly, let me tell you. Let's go. Are you the longest tenured Lakers writer slash insider? Kevin Ding might have. I think he's got me beat by a couple years. I, but but he dropped down to like um, he's he's not covering it on a daily basis. You know he writes his his nice cushy columns every other week or so from his palatial Palace Verdes estate. Do you know you only have like you have like seventy thousand Twitter followers, but only have nine hundred on IG? Are you do you just not know how IG works or? What's <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is I take pictures with my cell phone. But they're, you know, who wants to see like my my uh, my my niece? You know, who wants to see me at uh, you know playing beach volleyball with you guys? I I just feel like no one wants to see my pictures. But I should probably reassess that, shouldn't I? All right, Chiz. We now welcome in a guy who has covered the Lakers since before you and I were born, the mayor of Manhattan Beach, even though he lives in Hermosa, and a guy who gives advice to the Zen master, Mike Bresnahan. Welcome, Brez. Uh, thanks for having uh, Grandpa Brez on the uh, on the air. I, I just turned 84 last month, so I, I really feel special being with you guys. Happy birthday, <laughs> Brez! How long have you been covering the Lakers? And all seriously, like it, like 50 years or <laughs> about a third of that? 17 years, 12 at the LA Times, and five at Spectrum Sportsnet. Uh, it, it's been, it's gone quickly, guys. It's been a blast for sure. Do you know you only have like? You have like 70,000 Twitter followers, but only have 900 on IG. Are you, do you just not know how IG works? or? You know what's funny? I've never <laughs> quite gotten into it. <laughs> the funny thing is I take pictures with my cell phone, but they're, you know, who wants to see like my, my, uh, my, my niece? You know, who wants to see me at uh, you know, playing beach volleyball with you guys? I, I just feel like no one wants to see my pictures, but I should probably reassess that, shouldn't I? Brez, Chiz is playing tennis with Maria Sharapova, so you got to keep this quick. Yeah, this is our second go at the Brez interview. You blew the first one. He didn't have the mic at his mouth, so we're continuing here. All right, let's go. What's our first order of business? It's you guys' second podcast. So you're going to have these technical issues at the start. I understand. It, it's not a big deal. All right, Brez, we're going to run some questions. We're going to do some uh, legit basketball questions and also complete nonsense. We're going to start off with some complete nonsense. Would you rather give up beach volleyball forever or have Wisconsin never win a football game for the rest of your life? I don't think anyone I know would want to be around me 
if Wisconsin had had never won a game again. I mean, that's kind of how it was when I went there way back in the, in the 1930s. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, they were bad when I was there, and I, I just can't have any return to that to that that situation ever. So I'd have to give up beach volleyball and seeing you guys, you know, what twice a week pre COVID. No, you're not. I don't agree with your answer <laughs> you <can't>. because <laughs> you would just. You you what you how many Wisconsin games a year? Fourteen, including the bowl game, they always lose. So fourteen <laughs> games a year, and then you play beach volleyball probably fifty to hundred days a year. Yeah. So don't you think that once Wisconsin starts losing, you just be like, all right, I, I I give up on Wisconsin, new team maybe. I think you would just you you would naturally just give it up. There's no way you're giving up beach volleyball. You know, see yourself on the weekends. Yeah. You know, sandals. Yeah, like like Picados. I grew up. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up watching Notre Dame football and rooting for them. So you're right. I will just pretend that I went to Notre Dame and I will keep playing beach volleyball. You actually talk me through that really quickly. Nice. So you changed your answer I, that quickly. Yeah, he's right. Because it's I, I, Notre Dame. <laughs> like I and I care about Wisconsin, but I, I guys beach volleyball. I'd probably be even more miserable if I if I couldn't see uh, if I couldn't see you two every every other weekend. Dude, totally. It's funny that we even gave you time to prep for your first Would You Rather. I texted you a little rundown and you still got the answer wrong, but I convinced you otherwise. Good start. <laughs> you know what's funny? I, I, it's, I try not to look at, at questions. You know, people, uh, when I go on radio shows, TV shows, <laughs> they ask me whatever they want and, and they rarely prep me. So I, I, I just try to like, um, I try to be ready for anything. All right. You ready? We're going to do now some legit Laker insider talk. We want to get your thoughts. It's Kyle Kuzma. So when the season started, we had a few convos and that deadline was coming up where if they didn't sign him, he's going to become a restricted free agent. They signed him to through three year, 40 million. I'm, I'm sure you've been asked this question 10 times on spectrum already, but how surprised were you legitimately when you heard the news, they got the extension and how do you evaluate the actual deal itself with the numbers? 10 out of 10. I was like a nine probably. And, and here's why. Wow. Yeah, the Lakers had already shelled out almost $300 million in contract extensions to, to Anthony Davis, to LeBron. That's a lot of money if you consider the Lakers are still a family-run business. You know, they're one of the few in all of major U.S. pro sports that are owned by a family and have been for decades. And it's not some giant corporation where this money is coming out of. So that was the big picture reason. It, yeah, I figured they kind of let Kuz was get to the last minute. You know, they had till uh, a couple days before the season started. And uh, I thought they were just going to let him play out the season, see how he did, be a restricted free agent. They could still match any offer sheet that he signed next summer. But no, I mean, three years, 40 million. It, it came unexpectedly. And I think it's pretty equitable for both sides. I, I think it's good for him. He's already showing, you know, the fact that he's kind of settled. I think he's having a pretty good under the radar start to the season. It's only been a handful of games, but yeah, I think it's good for both sides. I really do. Yeah, and and also because the Lakers are capped out, so next off season they're not going to be able to just sign someone else for you know less the the uh, nine and a half million uh, mid level exception is really all they're going to have. So you might as well just sign your own play, players, right, Brez? Yeah, I'm not even sure they're going to have the nine and a half million. They might be too far over the cap. They might only have the mini mid-level for about half that money. But yeah, at this point, you know, Giannis is off the table. Um, right. I think the Lakers kind of realized that was going to happen. Maybe they were kind of hearing some some rumblings. So, that, you know, they, by signing AD and LeBron to the big deals they did, they kinda, they're kind of punting on free agency for the next several years, actually, for the next uh, three years at least. 
except for, like you said, some sort of mid-level money coming in there at some point. Yeah, I'm I'm actually kind of pumped because if you look at the free agents, I'm looking at some of the free agents this summer. Marcus Morris, four year, sixty four. Jordan Clarkson, four year, fifty. Jeremy Grant, three year, sixty. Joe Harris, four seventy five. Four year, seventy five. Like KCP, also three year, forty million. Same with Patrick Beverly. I'm pumped because you said it's a good deal for both. It's kind of it was kind of just money for both sides. It makes sense, and I love that Kuzma. Usually, if you're young, you've already won your championship. Maybe he just want to chuck this year and get his money in the offseason get paid maybe he thought he could have been worth more a couple years ago but now i'm thinking maybe when they saw schroeder and harrell come there's less shots for kuzma this year so hey maybe i'll just take a decent value right now in 13 a year he loves la like it kind of makes sense and i'm just pumped that he's down to settle in on a roll for more championships and not be the guy because you're never going to be even close to the guy if you're on a squad with ad and lebron let alone schroeder and harrell yeah, yeah, great points. Do you remember the start of last season? I feel like Kuz, he, he kind of had some bad body language on the court because he was kind of the guy his first two years of the Lakers. Remember the first year was all a bunch of young kids, him, Lonzo, Brandon Ingram. They, they were kind of running the show. And then LeBron came in Kuzma's second year and LeBron loved him. He was always like feeding him on those length of the court uh, passes for like an easy fast break. And, and then last year came and when you sign or when you acquire Anthony Davis, of course, a guy like Kyle Kuzma is going to have to take a back seat. And I think he, he kind of struggled with that at, at times last year. He wasn't starting anymore. He wasn't LeBron's you know, favorite guy out there. And so maybe Kuz is saying, all right, you know, I, I know I'm going to come off the bench. And this is pretty good money. If you consider the average yeah. NBA salary is nine and a half million. I think I take he's it. He's going to be making a little over 13 for the next three years. That's, that's good money. And from a Lakers standpoint, guys, this is what they like to do. They like to, to get these, these late first rounders or even second rounders, uh, draft them, develop them. They gave Jordan Clarkson four years and 50 million as well. Remember, he was a second round draft pick. So it's kind of the continuation of what the Lakers like to do. Get these guys at, at a, a pretty inexpensive rookie deal and then extend them in a, in a very equitable, affordable way. I'm pumped. That's a good call. Yeah, I like for Kuz. as well. And, you know, if they win more championships, if you play a role in a championship team, you end up getting paid in the future, kind of like a la Derek Fisher with the Warriors. All right, moving on. Um, so it's widely documented that you like the beer Bud Light Lime. So <laughs> first, we're going to give you a chance. Every, you, you know when people hear you say that, they, they just think you're a joke. Because Bud Light Lime is, well, you know, I don't know what we're going to call it. It's just like, what, some what tasty wacky. Sponsor, what? What if they sponsor us? Why are you going to hate on them? <laughs> Bud Light Lime. So first, we're going to have a little question to end, but we're going to first give you your uh, chance to just defend your love for Bud Light Lime and, uh, and, and get an official comment on that. <laughs> I, I really can't. It's embarrassing. Like, <laughs> I'm embarrassed by myself. When I go to the store and buy a 12-er of BLL cans. It, it, do you say, like, make it seem like it's for someone else? Or do you, you're the guy no, that I, I, actually, knows you? I, I actually own, own up to it. It's, it's <laughs> pretty embarrassing. I just. I don't even want to get Roman's take on beer. It's whack anyway. But, dude, it's good in the summer. Pool, beach, it's light. I get it. You can, people are saying, why don't you just get a Bud Light and do, like, a, a real lime squirt? But, I don't know. I'm down for it in the in the heat. I think Brez just likes weird flavors. Like, it's the same thing with Oreo cookies. When he gets Oreos and he gets all types of great Swedish fish Oreos. And so yeah, I think yeah. it's that that's what it is for him. You remember, um, uh, I brought those in the office. That, that did not go over well at all. What? Swedish fish Oreos? Most of the flavors of Oreos you brought in were disgusting, Brez. Yeah, so, it was pretty bad. It's, so it's official. You have a terrible taste in beer. We're going to give you one last chance to kind of 
here's know. the th- here's the thing. I I am not drinking Bud Light limes right now. You know, it dropped down in the forties. Right, now, guys, it's getting cold out there, and and I'm just not a big <laughs> anyway. It's getting cold out there. Okay, so you have one beer for the rest of your life. You can literally only pour and drink one beer for the rest of your life. Do what is that beer? Probably Mick Ultra. Equally soft, for sure. Low calories. Good Low for your calories. runs. Yeah, it's it's good for if you're on the beach. Yeah, I'm pretty soft. Here's the thing. I'm a wine guy, like you, Chiz. I, I, don't, I don't... Whoa. We got a story for our viewers about your wine guy. But first of all... Michelob Ultra, this isn't an ad. You're not sponsored by them, right? We know you have 100 IG followers. It, it, I'm just, I just like light, low-calorie yeah. beers. It, it's boring. It's terrible. Guys like uh, Chris McGee would frown at me at work, and I get it. It's no Pliny. Yeah, he's the guy who gets excited when Pliny the, the Younger, or whatever it is. is it's... <laughs> I think there's a Pliny the Elder and a Pliny the Younger, and a Pliny in the middle. There's one that really gets him excited, and and I'm just like I'd probably feel the same way if you guys offered me a bottle of Silver Oak for coming on your show. You know, I, I'd be I'd be psyched. Brez, this is not Brez, this isn't road tripping. Okay, perfect segue to the next one. All right, we get it. You're a beach guy, you like light beer. Speaking, so Brez wine is a hobby for Brez. Like that is true. He is into wine. He drinks expensive wine, and he enjoys good wine. It's kind of known that he's the wine guy. So. I'm now going to toss it over to Roman because knowing Brez was a wine guy, Roman and company set up a little challenge for Brez to test his wine acumen. Explain the game to the viewers. This is amazing. Are you getting embarrassed, Brez? (laughs) Brez. So Brez always makes fun of me for getting cheap wine. It's hard to tell the difference in taste sometimes. So we set up a thing for Brez where we brought four different wines uh, we had a bottle of Justin, which is, I think, probably in the 30 to $40 range. Uh, we had a couple of bottles that were in the 10 to $15 range. And then we had a two-buck chuck, which is, uh, I believe, now $3 at Trader Joe's, two ninety nine. And that's what you drank. Uh, I, I like to switch it up, but... <laughs> oh, yo, you like to switch yeah. it up from the two-buck chuck to the three fifty? Uh, I'll, I'll drink. I'll drink whatever. <laughs> So we set this up outside, and we had Brez try all four different wines. Like a blind taste. Like a, yeah, blind taste. He didn't see what was it. We put them in cups. Plastic cups? Uh, I believe they were either paper or plastic. There's video of this. Are you confirming all this so far, Brez? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so then Brez tasted all four, and then he got down to his last two, and he didn't know at the time which ones they were, but... It was a two-buck chuck and the Justin, so the most expensive and then the cheapest. And then we had him do a second taste test. He tried both of them again, and he confirmed that the best wine was the two-buck chuck. So for all of Brez's wine connoisseurism, I don't know if that's a correct word, but for all of that, Brez chose the cheapest wine. So I don't know what kind of connoisseur he really is. Delicious and affordable for everyone. That's what I was trying to pick I mean, out of there. What do you what do you think about that? Maybe it's like the plastic. What was it? I don't know. The wine didn't open up. Yeah, what's your excuse? What's your, yeah. Yeah. I had a long talk with my dad after that one. <laughs> and he, he said that uh, just the, the, the cups, I think it was like four four lesser quality wines and then the Justin. And he thinks I was still on my palate when I then tasted the final wine, which was the uh, the two buck shock, which, which I probably mistakenly picked was the uh justin and uh i I will never i feel you on that yeah it was it was a devastating moment in my life it really i mean yeah if 
and Justin's, if you had one that was higher level than that, I feel like you would have chose that. But, <laughs> hey, Justin's yeah. pretty good. All right. So you're embarrassed enough. We'll go back to a serious question. Another signing or potential signing here. Do you think the Lakers should resign Dennis Schroeder and will they? Absolutely should. Um, I'm still surprised how they got him. I mean, they had such little trade capital during the offseason. It's not like they had a an ex-lottery pick sitting on their bench, you know, figuring out his way through the NBA. It's not like they had a ton of first-round uh, picks coming up because they traded them all for Anthony Davis. And uh, the fact that they turned Danny Green, who, let's face it, had kind of an up-and-down campaign with them, and the 28th overall pick for, for Schroeder, to me, is it's a steal. It's a steal. And the guy's been great in his first run with the Lakers. I don't know what, what, what they want to pay him, what they can pay him. That They're already on the hook for $330 million or so that they, they've already given away during the offseason. And he's, like, balling right now really early on. So he, He's yeah. great. I mean, he was two assists shy of a triple-double on Christmas. I mean, that, that's, that's great. He's a feisty, feisty defender. I don't know what what they what he wants. Is and he going to be like forty or sixty four? Is he like that? that makes, type of... Yeah, something like that would make sense to me. Uh, they can give him up to five years, um, but you know, if I'm the Lakers, I probably I probably shoot for three and uh, and fifty, something like that. Kind of keep him on the same timeline as uh, as a LeBron, and and maybe not all the way through with AD, but uh, yeah, he, he you've got to resign him. You you have to. He's a great player and great for the system too. Do you think the Lakers are concerned by the luxury tax? Because that's really the only concern, in my opinion, is the luxury tax in terms of signing Schroeder. Yeah, for sure. And going back to the fact that, you know, it's a family business, uh, not a giant corporation with, with an unlimited budget. Um, the lu- They haven't had to pay the luxury tax or too far into it for a long time. And so I think that they're realizing, OK, you know, we, we just won a championship. That's great. It had been 10 years. Our fans are, are energized again. Uh, we're favored to win it all again. We've only gotten better on paper since before last season started. And uh, of course, you got to translate that to, to the court. But I, I think that they're, you know, any team is nervous about paying the luxury tax year after year after year because it's massive. It's meant to punish franchises like the Lakers that were way over the, the cap, way into the cap uh, during the Shaq Kobe years and the Shaq, uh, I'm sorry, the Kobe Pow years as well. It's supposed to, to give the little guys a little bit more of a chance. And the Lakers haven't had to pay much of it for, for years, and but now they're going to have to start paying it. Yeah, so maybe they're more willing, you know, now that, like you said, they saved a little in the past. But it, it, when people wanted, oh, the big three, everyone's a big third. To me, between Harold, Schroeder, and Kuzma at 13, 14 apiece, there's your 40 million player. I kind of think of it as you got these two Hall of Fame studs, and then you got these three, like, I'm not going to say they're borderline all-star, but kind of. And like you said, it was such a steal for him to get him. You can't see him as a rental. you got to give him what he deserves. Unfortunately, I think he deserves a lot, but it sounds like you think they will re-sign him. Yeah, it, it's it's not going to be imminent. You know, I don't think it comes uh, this month uh, necessarily uh, or, or even early January. I think this one will take a little time. But the, the difference between Schroeder and Kuzma Obviously, Kuzma would have been restricted. The Lakers can match. Schroeder hits the open market next right. year. So I think there's a little bit more pressure on the Lakers to make a deal with him. And, and I think they will. It might take a month or two, but I think it will happen. 
I would guess before the, the trade deadline. Just a guess. All right. Insider says yes. Okay. So we talked about you covering the Lakers for quite some time now. What did we say? 15, 17 years? 17. Love it. So this is a question. I probably asked you this kind of just in passing a lot, but in all the years you've worked with the Lakers, give us like two or three, whether it's a player or a coach, current or former, that you just, you know, like one of these viewers would just be pumped to hear you talk about them. I mean, someone you like, maybe they were just cool and nice to you outside of work. Maybe they were cool and, you know, the media atmosphere or they were, you just respected them. Maybe just two or three. You know, I think I, I go back to the Kobe Powell teams. I got the beat, by the way, one month after Shaq was traded to Miami in 2004. I was like, oh, thanks, boss. That, that's great. Really. <laughs> so I saw some uh, I saw some bad basketball for a few years, but then Powell Gasol was acquired and, and I started seeing some really good basketball. And I think Powell really is at or near the top of my list, as is Lamar Odom. I mean, I remember um Whenever I saw those guys, you know, I'll tell you a funny story. The Lakers used to play preseason games in Fresno, and uh, uh, Lamar was off to a really slow start. I don't even remember what year it was, maybe 07, 09, something like that. He was in a contract year, and he was off to a really slow start in the preseason. Uh, Phil Jackson had said, you know, it looks like Lamar is bowling out there. I have no idea what he's doing out there. And so, so I wrote it. Uh, I think Phil actually said lawn bowling, believe it or not. So I quoted Phil and I wrote it up and I said, yeah, Lamar's off to a slow start. He doesn't want this. He's in a contract year. The very next day, the team was playing in Fresno. And uh, during pregame access, I went up to Lamar and I always loved talking to him. He was always available to the media during that 45 minute pregame access, which is now only 30 minutes, unfortunately. He always had like a good line or two. He would help you fill up your, your story. Your, your sidebar really is what you were, you were worried about before the game. You could always go to Lamar for some wisdom, some insight, some humor. I loved, I loved dealing with the guy. That day I walked up to him in Fresno and Lamar goes, nice story, Brez. For a second, I'm like, what, what's he talking about? I'm like, oh yeah, well, I, yeah, I wrote the sidebar about him like the previous day and how he's off to a bad start. And I said, Lamar, you know, I, um, I wrote that story and you know, Phil's quoted in it. I think I quoted an assistant coach in there as well. And they're both saying, yeah, you know, you got to pick it up a little bit. So I'm, I'm just quoting them. He said, yeah, hide behind them, hide behind them. It's a good thing I have a thick skin. And he walked into the trainer's room, which is off limits to the media. My first thought was, well, you know, if Lamar had a, a really thick skin, he would keep talking to me about the story. But, you know, he was upset about it. And, and to Lamar's credit, the, the next time I saw him, probably two days later, it was pregame at Staples Center. And he, came, he made a point of coming up to me. And he like put his arm around me. He said, Brez, how you doing? Uh, who are you dating these days? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's the number one question you get, right, Brez? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, it's, 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 uh, it's amazing. Like that was his. He was a homie. Yeah, he felt bad. And, and, you know, he didn't want to carry a grudge. I think he realized maybe he took it a little too seriously. And, and he probably realized he wasn't playing all that well. He was playing under pressure from being in a contract year. But the fact he came up to me. And it was like super friendly and super inquisitive. That was his way of saying, I'm sorry. And for a pro athlete to recognize that to me, it was the best. I mean, it's cool. Yeah. There's think, a where Metal World Peace almost uh, punched me at midcourt of a Timberwolves game. <laughs> but uh, we can. We'll have to get that story next time. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Matt is great. He and I had a, had a good run, but he was mad about his story too. But he turned out to be a uh, one of my favorite people ever as well. Those guys just seem cool too. Like the fact that you just answer. I mean, Pow Odom. You could just almost see that. That's how they were. So, not. Yeah, I miss them. Big time. I. <laughs> I don't know if this is gonna work. We're trying to run like this. We're talking about your relationship with certain players, and we have this sound bite. This is uh, one of the best interviews Mike Bresnahan ever gave in a post-game locker room scrub. Scrum, not scrub. Uh, the Lakers, I don't know. It was one of those years where they won like 16 games or whatever. This is Brez and uh, D'Angelo Russell, and this is a sound bite from my phone. Enjoy. <laughs> lost six in a row. What's the quickest way to end that streak? Get a win. How about you personally? Did you like your game tonight? No. <laughs> so that's the beginning. <laughs> Do you know where this is going, by the way? And this is where it gets epic. Maybe. You seem down. You seem up. <laughs> you, seem, you seem tight left. Are you, are you that upset about your play? <laughs> no, I'm upset we lost. I... <laughs> You seem down. He said you seem up, and then you asked him if you're tight-lipped about your play. Was D'Angelo Russell your boy or what? You know, <laughs> he and I got along. I, I, I liked him. He was having a, a tough time that post-game, and he was just giving me one-word answers. And I was pretty new in, in my TV career at the time, maybe. And I was just like, you know, I'm trying to get more out of him. So I'm trying to get him to talk about himself. And uh, that didn't really work either, did it? Brez, you, you seem down. <laughs> you guys seem up. It's <laughs> the stupidest thing. You seem up. Next, what's next? All right, Brez. You mentioned Phil Jackson. You obviously have a good relationship with him. I know you've you've gone to some dinners with Phil. What kind of topics are covered at a dinner with Phil Jackson? You know what's funny? N- almost no basketball. Uh, he and I had a, had a funny thing. We talked about hockey a lot. He went to North Dakota. I went to Wisconsin. They used to be in the same conference. And Phil and I talk about so little basketball when we get together. And it's not like it's every weekend or every uh, Tuesday afternoon or anything like that. It's it's maybe once a year. I think I saw him last uh, December was the last time I talked to him. But uh, uh, it's it's really anything but basketball. It's it's his family. It's who I'm dating. Right. There it is again. And uh, been with Kelly now for two and a half years. That's shout out to Kelly. She and I are going going good. And uh, it's really I think he likes I think he appreciates people who aren't just, hey, what what do you think about the uh, the triple post plays that the the Clippers are are running for Kawhi? It's it's just like, uh, you know, he he likes people who get away from that and who aren't X's and O's and, and super basketball geeks. So, you know, we talk about his house in Montana and if he's uh, when he's going to be going back out there. Um, I can pretty much assure you he's in L.A. these days because it's uh, it's too damn cold out there in Montana. Have you ever burned sage with Phil? No, <laughs> I wish I had seen him do it. Um, I actually he did it very rarely when I was on the beat. It was more during the Kobe Shaq era because those two guys just, as we all know, just didn't uh, always get along. Uh, I think he did it once maybe twice when I was on the beat and uh, no, never got to burn sage with him. I don't even know what sage smells like guys. I got to be honest. It smells like church. 
It does, yeah. I, someone, I, I've smelled it recently. It's terrible. Yeah. I didn't know you were a big churchgoer. By the way, you know when you got bumped, you said you got bumped up to the Lakers, like when Shaq got traded? What did you get bumped up from? I, you know, it's funny. I did the LA. Was that the eight man football beat in, in San Fernando Valley? Pretty much. I, I did Valley Sports. <laughs> I did Valley Sports for the LA Times for seven years. Gosh, you really are a legend. I, I was at like Van Nuys versus Crespi. Uh, definitely did a couple eight man football games. I know Chiz, you and I had some storied uh, eight man heritage in our, in our or, or were you guys 11 man at viewpoint? It got it got changed, but yeah, the heritage heritage league, very good. You're six, all over it. Six on six at viewpoint, <laughs> and three on three basketball. That's where Chiz was a star. Okay, I, I seriously do have to leave in like ten minutes. All right, yeah, Sharapova is waiting. Uh, all right, Brez, I know you're a big fantasy guy. Chiz, you're a big fantasy guy. Brez, I'm currently beating you in fantasy basketball. I don't know if you saw that week one. Yeah, you're getting you're getting destroyed. Uh, you gave, th- thanks for the 11th pick in your in your 12 man league. By the way, really appreciate that. You got it. You were you were witness to the draft lottery. So go the Thrive Fantasy app. I didn't read last time. You made fun of me, but I actually downloaded the Thrive Fantasy app uh, yesterday and I played. It's actually pretty legit. And if you put in fifty dollars, they'll give you fifty free dollars. Uh, so it's pretty cool if you use the promo code Staples. You get the 50 free bucks. So I used it. It's awesome. Um, prop bets, which everyone loves. So we got some prop bets slash over-unders here for you, Brez, and for you, Chiz. We'll start with uh, Brez. Brez, over-under, this is, uh, we're going we're gonna to say four, the amount of days per month you get on the 405 freeway. Over-under four days you get on the 405 Free freeway. Pre-COVID. By the way, you said this for Brez. We're all going to answer, but go for it. Uh, under for sure. Uh, Pre-COVID. Yeah, pre-COVID. I hate that freeway. Try to avoid it all. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's gonna be tough to get me to come up and see you in the valley, Chiz. So yeah, <laughs> live in the valley. I'm from there, which you're from too. So pre-COVID, what do you got? You got your, you got the, what you go to Pat? What do you go to Pasadena for? I feel like uh, my my brother's up there. That's right. So. You're telling me you don't do four trips a month. Once a week, you don't get on the 405. No, rarely. <laughs> no. <laughs> Brez is afraid to go east to the 405. No, I'm on the 110 all the time to go see uh, Laker games pre-COVID and, and my brother in Pasadena. But the 405, never. It drives me nuts. Uh, I chiz. That's why I never come see you. So, all right, you're a bubble boy. I feel like back in the day, your single days, you had your Beverly Hills date once a month for sure. You're getting on the 405. You got your brother in Pasadena. Then you got one you're like lying about. I don't even know what it's for, but maybe that still gets you the under. I'm going to keep track once we get out of COVID. So you're going under. I. Brez thinks my house is too east for him, and I live like half a mile away from him. You can slap a GPS on my car. You will not see me on the 405. Have I ever told you how tight you guys are living in the South Bay? Chiz. No, it's because you're not tight. Next, what's the next over under? All right, this is a Clippers-related one. Clippers titles in the next decade. 0.5. Over under, Brez. Over under, Brez. Under. They just can't get past the second round. It's an amazing (laughs) thing. It's... It's sad if you're a Clipper fan. They just can't do it. This goes all the way back to the Buffalo Braves years. I mean, it's been 50 years that this team has never been to the conference finals. I just, if that'll happen, I think, and they might even get to the finals over the next decade, but win it all, it just seems like there's a blind spot there. Uh, I'm saying over on this one. I actually think they will 
win one, maybe even two with the Kawhi PG front court, and I think Steve Ballmer is committed. I mean, remember, they didn't win any championships back in the day when they had Donald Sterling, but Steve Ballmer is one of the most committed and obviously richest owners of the NBA. They're having a new arena built in Inglewood. I think they're going to get it done. I think he's committed. The ownership is committed to getting a championship for the Clippers. So I'm going to say over. I mean, it's true. They're doing the right things. They have a good owner. He's passionate. I just, I don't know. I'm just going to go with Braz and just keep rooting for the curse and that they're going to keep blowing it. But there are going to be some amazing Western Conference Finals between these two LA teams. But uh, I don't know. I'm just going to go under. There really aren't that many NBA teams that have won a championship. And I think uh, AD and LeBron will have something to say about it while, you know, Kawhi and PG are there. So I'm going to go under, and I hope it's under. All right, last over-under. Brez, over-under 100 Fanta shots ordered in one night at Shellback. Now, this is ordering. Brez is very generous. He orders for the whole bar sometimes. So this is not just for yourself. So stupid. Over-under 100 Fanta shots ordered in one night. By me? Correct. Oh, under. Uh, Under. I mean, that's a specialty for them, but... uh... (laughs) I mean, that's like that's like eight hundred bucks right there, Roman. That might be a thousand dollars. I mean, yeah, it's possible. <laughs> that's. I mean, somebody could help you split the bill. Yeah. Okay. It's well, the well, easiest. No, shut up. It's the easiest under ever. First of all, fancy shots are disgusting. We're talking about orange soda and well vodka, but I don't know. Brez gets down like that in shellbacks. Everyone's got the sticky floors and it's the, the the sandals. So let's just ask him this. The point is, we've seen him order a bunch of fancy shots. They're disgusting. So what's the most fancy shots you think you've ever ordered in one night at shellbacks? You gross little probably, insider. Probably, probably like thirty. <laughs> there's a bunch of friends there, maybe. Uh, Ew, not a lot. I've been there when 30 of... He goes, he goes, he goes, not a lot. He goes, I don't know, maybe 30? I don't know, not a lot. I've been there when 30 have been ordered, for sure. It's definitely over 30. There's not even a question. Okay, it's 11.51. I have to go soon. Are we done with over? All right. Last, the last what? segment. She just has to go play tennis. Yep. Yeah, and then we got, and then, you know, then we got Rams Seahawks at 125. I don't like to be too far behind a recording on a football game because that's just the one I like to be live at. So, Maria's waiting. All right, last segment. This is something that uh, I've noticed. This basketball reference has some pretty awesome nicknames that you don't usually hear. I'm not talking about the King or the Greek Freak or uh, you know any of those, but just some kind of some underground nicknames that are really interesting. So I'm going to give you a couple. These are only Lakers or Clippers. I'm going to give you a nickname, and you tell me which Laker or Clipper you think it is. You guys can both guess. I'm going to start with an easy one. I think this is an easy one. The, uh, the Menace. The who? The Menace. Uh, Schroeder. Schroeder, easy. I didn't even okay. need to say that one. Okay. Dennis the Menace, Schroeder. Makes sense. Easy one. Okay. Uh, the Accountant. The Accountant? Correct. This is either a Laker or Clipper. Brez, you want to go first? Uh, if it's Clippers, I'm going to struggle with this. So you go first, Jiz. I'm just going to say it's just all part of it's the it's the cliche Caruso love for him looking just like some plain dude, so to speak. I'm going to guess Caruso. I don't know. What do you got? Uh, <laughs> the accountant. I'll go D'Angelo Russell. No, no. idiot. It's, a it's current Lakers. Lakers. It's current Lakers or Clippers. Oh, I think so. It was either. Uh, current Laker? You no, know, it's, it's either a current Laker or a Clipper. Or current Clipper. Both uh, now I understand the rules. I'll go with, uh, 
I don't like my guess. Serge Ibaka? That's the worst guess ever. Terrible, terrible guess. Chiz was Chiz was correct, the accountant. So next time you talk to Caruso, Brez, can you just refer to him? Hey, the accountant, how are you doing? I'm gonna guess it's because he looks like an accountant, but I've never heard that. Well, it's on Basketball Reference, the accountant for Alex Caruso. Not a good sign. All right, two, two more, two more. I'll give you a hint on these. These are both Clippers. First one is Duck. Chiz, you want to start? No, I want Brett to start on this one. Duck. Duck. Uh, I will go with Luke Kennard on this. Dude, wow, you guys I are would, doing good. How did you know? Well, first of all, you shouldn't have said. You should have let me go first because okay. it's like. You get you seriously scratch this segment or I'm hosting it. You guys have no idea how this works, and now no one's gonna believe me because I really was gonna go with Kennard. I'm not even kidding. It has something to do with like it's like his posture, the way he walks. No, it's actually has something to do with his last name. <laughs> you idiot. Kennard apparently means duck in French. Interesting. I don't know how to do pronounce you, it, but Kennard with a C. Do you need to host the rest of this part? No, you're an idiot. Chiz. All right, here we go. Last one. The underground goat. Go ahead, Chiz. I mean, it seems I'm going to go with Kawhi because he's just like the quiet, like weird, you know, lame dude who happens to be really damn good at basketball. Don't say anything, Roman. I'll go with Anthony Davis for some kind of keeps a low profile and he's he's pretty damn good. You guys are both idiots. Neither of those guys is underground. Like Anthony Davis and Kawhi Leonard are two of the top Kawhi's players. He's not under. He's like the top five player in the NBA. We're talking yeah, about underground. underground. He's like unassuming. Like he's not in the. He, he's not. No, underground means not a lot of people know about him. That's what underground means. Not unassuming. The answer is Lou Williams, and here's why. He says it's because he has respect from his peers. "Quote: I'm your favorite player's favorite player." Lou Will is the underground goat. He is kind of a legend. Would not have guessed that. All right, Brez, uh, that, that is it. That's all we have for yeah, you. There's one more. What did you think of uh, our uh, podcast? <laughs> Can I come on again next week? If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. This is the LA Hoops Pod, the spot for both of LA's basketball teams. Check us out on the Hoopheads feed, find and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast apps, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LA Hoops Pod.